Now we're connected. Here comes some music for the audience here. Tax the rich, feed the poor, change that old world and let me tell you what I, that's sincere for me i would love to change this world and i've been trying to for a number of years and we make a little inroads every now and then maybe we'll make some today i think this week we're going to make some and uh that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today and i'm glad you guys are with us here on the board and i can turn the volume down on the music so it doesn't catch me at the end of the show full blast and I'll bet you I can probably get over here and find me this group of good folks that are gathered on the board. Boy, there's a bunch of you here this morning. That's good. I like it when we're starting the show with, you know, 18, 20 people here on the board that want to join us and get involved and either listen live or participate, which is uh, even better. And it's the Tuesday edition of the Radio Ranch and it is in spanish we're talking a little bit about spanish before we went on here in spanish the uh kind of give spanish lessons i think you guys need to learn a little spanish okay up there it would seem might need to learn some swahili and no telling what all other languages (laughs) but certainly some spanish should help you and uh uh, the days of the week and the numbers are usually a good place to start and today is martes m-a-r-t-e-s in spanish and that translates to mars day so today's Mars Day, and it's always a pretty good show, and uh, it uh, is the 10th of August, which has some significance, 8, 10, 21, hike. Uh, it's a, it sounds like false flag territory to me, and uh, we're there, okay? August the 10th, the Tuesday, Radio Ranch, Roger Sales, your host, a bunch of good folks on the board already. Of course, yesterday we had to go over... Uh, basically a eulogy and an announcement and uh commemorating and our dear friend chris who's in a better place pain-free doesn't have to fight the feds anymore he beat them and uh so we're gonna miss him uh you can't you, you know when you lose really important people in your life they transition you just can't replace them you know they're just irreplaceable and chris is like that and we're sure gonna miss him but don't want to dwell on that today enough tears were cried all that stuff yesterday so let's move on to what he would want us to move on to because chris would want us to slay this dragon and maybe we can use his example in the life he led a warrior life as uh, as a platform to go to the next level i'm pretty encouraged i think we're about to take a big step here over the next near term um got of course two shows with brent this weekend uh, on both the saturday and the sunday show i want to give out plenty of information on how everybody can access that because i know a lot of you guys like to hear it no matter how many times you've heard it no many how no matter how many of these shows you've sat in on if the guy's on the board here you like to go back and hear it again and it just go you i mean as we've said so many times and a number of you can shake your head in the affirmative because i'm sure you will you can't hear this these basics enough times 
I mean, you, every time you hear it, uh, even after you've been involved with this for a while and you think you got it, you, you always get a new wrinkle, it seems. You're getting a new perspective, a new angle. And, eh, Dad, come, that's why that's like that. Boy, have I had that aha moment over all these years many times. So uh, it's good. It's good for everybody. And uh, we'll be doing three shows this weekend, two with Brent, I believe. And if you want to access that, and we'll promote it throughout the week, the easiest way to do it is to go over and go to commonlawyer.com, Brent's website. Go, I think the second pull down up there at the top is events, and he's got both the events listed there. Now, I need to talk to Brent because uh, it seems like on his Saturday uh, show, he wants you to register. Uh, It's a law class generally, and um, he he wants some registration, and I don't want that to impede people that want to join us that haven't registered or whatever reason don't want to, may not come back except that once or Whatever the case may be, I don't, I don't want that to be an impediment. And so I'll get with him this week on that. And uh, and um, so as webmaster, if it is something like that, we'll have some time to tinker with it. And then on the Sunday thing, it's in church. And I believe both of them start at 9 o'clock Central Time. And so you can judge it to your own time zone, wherever in the world you are, because we got people all over the world listening to us, really. Uh, unbelievable and fascinating that we can do this on the on the low budget we've got i don't have to have alex jones cameras and staff and i wish i had some of that i I can't i gotta admit okay but we don't and we suffice and we bump along on the you know seat of our pants and uh we're able to get the message out and been doing that on the on the sly for a long time and it uh, as i say i feel I feel I'm going into it a little bit yesterday and the reasons why and uh, the fact that I used to work these records in all these obscure markets in this big area that was very, very pertinent to the whole scope of the country. And you get a sixth sense for when things are happening. And uh, I feel like uh, my little my little antenna are vibrating a little bit. And I think this weekend is going to be a big uh, a, a nice big step forward. Lord knows how many years we've been trying to get on to Brent's audience and to get to Brent, you know, to get him to admit and see that. And he's right. See, the thing with Brent all these years and when we gang up on him on Fridays and a lot of times Chris and 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 uh, uh, our, our buddy Daryl and, and several of the other knowledgeable people and they come in there and we'd gang up on Brent, you know, you go, but but. But I was born, I got these rights, and he'd be real adamant. And the, the thing is, the aggravating thing is he's right, okay? But yet he doesn't, didn't back then understand that you can volunteer those away. Now, some people say you can't give them away, but there's a clause even in the original con, uh, Constitution without the 14th Amendment, way before the 14th Amendment, that says you can't impair somebody's ability to contract. And see, that's what people don't understand because it's silent. It's this silent contract that runs generationally from the feudal system, a system that, I, I mean, you know, even if you used to watch the Flintstones a lot, that that wasn't even feudal. That was just prehistoric, you know. And you see Kunta Kinte and you see Shogun and you see all these multi-episode uh, 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 productions on different facets of history, but... You ever see that on the feudal system? No. As I said yesterday, about the only place that you've seen any kind of feudal system reference is in Monty Python's Holy Grail. 
And you can actually go back, go to the Holy Grail. And some of his other movies may have had those in there, too. I wasn't a big Monty Python fan. But I know that the Oath of Fealty is in the Holy Grail. And they got some really interesting skits about the king coming along to the peasants and all that stuff. We've seen different excerpts of them. You can find them on YouTube. Um, YouTube, excuse me. Uh, But anyway, uh, you've never been exposed to that. If I ask any of you before you ever got met me, can you tell me everything you know about the feudal system in 10 words or less? Yeah, and they'd say, nothing. (laughs) I've had it happen. And I'm sure all you'd agree with that. Well, uh, and consequently, because you don't know anything about it, there ain't no way you're going to be able to, well, I'll be darned if that isn't the system we're under. (laughs) You're just not going to connect those dots, you know? And uh, so that's the that's the one big thing. And as Glenn has said, and I, I always quote him on this because I think he's right. And if you don't understand you're dealing with the feudal system here, you'll never, ever do anything but shadow box with it. And haven't we seen our community fulfill that prophecy right there okay? over the years? I've been here uh, almost 30 going on 30 now. Um, that's all I've ever seen is people shadow box with the system, quite frankly. So that's the advantage we've got. That's the advantage that I've had uh, because I was able to stand on the shoulders of a great man, John Benson, John W. Benson, who unfortunately went to his uh, untimely demise, not even, never seeing his work and his life's dedicated work come to very much fulfillment, unfortunately, and never really now we know being free because he never knew until the end about the Secretary of State, and I don't—I doubt if John ever submitted anything to them before he passed. Uh, and as I said yesterday, that's one of the advantages Chris has. Okay, and Chris, Chris wants to meet his maker, a free man. Okay, not many people in the history of this planet, at least a hundred, last hundred years or so, have ever been able to say that. Okay, so uh, so there's some real advantages there. Um, still getting messages from. Folks that heard uh, the interview Saturday night with Thumper, the spontaneous interview we did, which was pretty, pretty darn effective. Gosh, I love spontaneity, especially new folks, man. Because you know, and when we were getting that technology straight Saturday, and we finally got it straight, and I said, "Is there any way we can do a dry run on this live?" And, yeah, well, I got this show tonight. I think we can probably do that. And I said. Well, Thumper, are you familiar with my work? And he said, no, 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 not really. I went, boy, am I about to change your world. <laughs> and if you've listened to that, you heard Thumper's world change live on the air, didn't you? Okay. Same. And, and, and that's just what happens. And that's this is life-changing material. And it's like, uh, it's like grabbing the old pair of underwear in the drawer and putting one hand on each side and pulling them as far as you can pull them apart. And that, that underwear is never going to stretch back to that even original shape or even the one that's been in the drawer for 10 years, okay? And that's the thing with your mind here. When you get into this, if you're open-minded and you're looking for answers and you're receptive to this, and you may not understand all this is very complex. Okay, I mean, I'll tell you, it's, it's simple, but boy, have they set it up in a complex way so nobody would ever figure it out. And I believe they thought that nobody ever would figure it out because up until about 10 years ago, 11 years ago, nobody ever had. Okay, And uh, consequently, 
Why do you think they went? They made it so complex? Well, not only obviously to fool you, okay? But I came to the conclusion a long time ago, and one of the reasons they made it so complex is because it's so damn easy to get out of. Come on, one sentence? You don't even have to do it in an affidavit form. You just do a declaration. It says right there in the passport, in the warning box, you can attach a, a, a documentation. A declaration, documentation. This is what I want to do. It doesn't have to be in an affidavit form. We always encourage it to be because an affidavit, properly formed, properly notarized, presented to proper authority, and unrebutted is the highest form of truth in law. And in whatever form, it's in the court of record. That's right. And everything falls away from that. If it's unrebutted, you're the king of the mountain. Okay. And I'm pretty much, and let me tell you what, these legal people, they want, they're not going to be one legal person of any amount of learnedness that's going to argue with that because that's pretty, that's a canon of, of law, really. And so that's why we always advise you go by and get it notarized and send it into them in affidavit form. It just puts a little more, a little more of that cream cheese icing right on the top, you know. Cheese. Uh, so, uh, that's the way we do it. I wanted to address a, an, a, a, an email I got rather lengthy one. Um, and, uh, from a guy that said that I hadn't listened in a while. My wife and I been busy moving big major move. Hopefully you moved out of the city and got way out deep in the country. Hopefully. And, uh, they had a funny name for his email. I don't even remember if he had his name on there, but anyway, he said, uh, yeah, we've been doing this move and I have, I've been procrastinating on filing this status thing. And he had a couple of questions. Okay. Now I answered them, but what I really try and do, and I, I wrote him back and said, I'm going to give you the answers here, but I really, I'm going to read it on the air or not read it. I'm going to do it from my memory. Uh, but, uh, I, I always try and get those things on the air. So all of you guys, you know, well, Jeff knows this stuff pretty well. He's been around for a while, but you know, somebody may come up to Jeff and he's talking to him. He's got two brothers that, uh, evident, have they already filed? You showed them holding affidavits. Have they filed them yet? Or did they just get them notarized, Jeff? Which two people are you referring to? Uh, they were well, your brothers, I think, didn't you say? Oh, my aunt and uh, my cousin-in-law. Okay, well, yeah, okay. Yeah, so they got the papers, they got an earful, and uh, I'll hear from them eventually, okay. I'm sure. Okay, well, whatever, you might get this question from them, you know. Uh, and so that's why I like to answer them on the air. Um, and, uh, he said, first of all, he said, well, I, I just renewed my passport. I don't know how recently he didn't say that, but he'd renewed his passport and back then he didn't do any attachments with it. And he said, oh, I hate to go through that again. I said, well, it'd probably be best if you did. Okay. Uh, and, and what we've learned now, of course, we didn't know until well, relatively recently is you don't have to fork out 140 bucks for a passport book. Okay. Now you can submit a passport application. And I think there's a reason for that. And you can just pay 30 That's about $110 savings right there if you're not going to travel internationally. And the way things are going, I don't know how many people are going to be traveling internationally in the future. 
One thing, because these damn planes may start dropping out of the skies. American Airlines just required every employee from the administrative all the way to the pilots and the, and the flight attendants. And I guess the maintenance people, they got to get jabbed. You want to fly American, do you? Um, so uh, it'd be best to go ahead and get this. You've got a government ID that's attached now to your affidavit. It's only going to cost you 30 bucks. It doesn't matter if you've got the other one. In fact, it may be a little bit better in one respect because what they're going to require you to do on a, on a renewal, they're gonna, if you've got an existing passport that's, uh, that's still live, in other words, in the 10-year span, or if it's just been fairly recently expired, they want you to send it back with your application. So if you've already got an existing live passport, active i guess is probably the better word uh, uh an active viable passport they want you to send it in with that new application you can send another one in another renewal except this time you attach your uh, your statement your affidavit however you want to phrase it i suggest doing it as simple as possible that one sentence you know it doesn't have to be verbose you're not trying to tell them how great a legal scholar you are or how many years you spent studying it or how much latin you know or any of that stuff you're not trying you're not going to impress a clerk up there at the secretary of state in the passport division okay that that's not going to have any difference on them as simple as possible i so and so under the laws of the united states of america under penalty of perjury do solemnly declare my intent and desire to be a national and not a citizen of the United States under the scope and purview of the 14th Amendment. That's all you have to put down there because all you're having to do is rebut the presumption. It isn't a point-by-point deal. It isn't going in like and uh, do an answer and interrogatories in a court case. It's none of that stuff. Okay, It's quite simple. All you're doing is rebutting a presumption of law that's based on fraud. And when you rebut the presumption, you expose the fraud. Fraud is fraud. Once it's discovered and addressed, it absolutely negates, vitiates is the legal word. If you heard Greg Hunter stumble around that for a few weeks, (laughs) vitiates any contract ab initio from the beginning. That's why this is recognized. I mean, we get into we get into more technical stuff if you want to. Uh, it's it's back. It's in the advanced class, okay. But if you if you've seen my video for Ed Snowden, which I don't promote enough, and I forget about, quite frankly. And there are probably some of you who've been around here a while that's never seen that. Um, did a video for Ed Snowden about ten years or so ago. And uh, it's over on YouTube, but you got to know how to get to it. Because if you put it in a search thing, they've neg- that's how they're keeping things from getting exposed on YouTube. They're they're messing with the search algorithm. Because if you want to see this video, it's a thirty minute video, and I sent it to Ingrid. Ingrid's one of the shows. I'm angry. Excuse me. He's going to be on this Saturday night, and uh, she was complimenting me on the video. She said, "Mel, God, thanks. It's only thirty minutes long." <laughs> And then she came back and said, that's really professional. And the gal that did it did a crackerjack job. And if you want to access that, you go to PPN Radio. That's your PPN Space Radio over on YouTube. And there's a channel over there that was set up when we kicked this thing off a few years back. And uh, that's in there. There's a timeline presentation in there and a couple other videos. But that one is in the on the bottom right side, 30 minutes long. Uh, this little videographer, female in, in uh, San Rafael, did a fabulous job on that. Okay, 24 hours. 
we somebody said i think it was angry right but boy man you must have really spent a lot of time on that listen this girl is so busy and you can see why because she's so good uh she had a window of 24 hours and my guy that i was working with my shaman buddy shaman in training but he gandalf is what i called him gandalf uh knew her and he, he convinced her to give me 24 hours out of her schedule when she had a hole in it and we didn't have any scripts it's like she's gonna shoot it let's get over there and do it no script no nothing flat off the cuff and she edited it put it all together everything in 24 hours and charged me a hundred dollars okay I, mean, I can't even imagine what somebody would charge you in the U.S. for that. All right, she did a wonderful job. You can go over to PPN Space Radio and uh, Passport for Ed Snowden. It's the bottom one on the right, and, and uh, in the middle of that is, for the first time, to my knowledge, in the history of the planet, the whole the legendary Holy Grail is uh, demonstrated and diagrammed. And if you've never seen that, I'll tell you what it is. We can go to the advanced class here real quick. It's pretty important for those of you who may be new, and this may go over your head, okay, really. But uh, uh, it's funny, as I look back over my involvement in this, many years and back when my eyes used to be better and I was a copious reader, probably is one of the reasons they're in the condition they're in today is from reading all those fine print court cases and all that kind of stuff reading late into the night and um i was reading a uh, i don't remember what it was really which book but it had in there the freemason's motto okay and uh for some reason well i know the reason now i didn't at the time um didn't all these years in between pretty much but i know the reason those things stuck with me because later on 20 something years down the line all of a sudden bam they come back to you and whap there's an application for them and that's a that's the case here and uh, the freemason motto is first align you can go find it okay it's right there in front they they, they put it as we've talked about anytime they're putting something that they're going to deceive you they put it right in front of you power does okay and that's the case here it's right in front of you it's the freemason's public motto first a line then another line and then a square now when this video was done it was in uh late june i believe of that 2011 that was the year ed snowden bolted okay and um i had received this and i say received it i'm serious okay i had received this when i was working with a, my my buddy gandalf over a two-week period and i was in I, I don't know any other way to describe it except a trance okay i mean, go into this period of time it's happened twice to me uh the first time the manuscript for the book came out of it it was a shorter time it was about five or five days maybe six days if i remember uh the second time here was about two weeks and and all i my body my whole metabolism would go wacko i mean i'm up i can't sleep i don't want to eat uh, you, you, you feel tense you're pacing all that kind of stuff your mind's working overtime. So I don't know that it was a trance, but that's the only thing I know. To, I know it was real different from how I normally am. Okay? And so at the end of that, it's, it's interesting because Gandalf and I, 
I would, I'd only get him for uh, – he was a pretty busy guy because he's pretty good at what he did. And, and so I'd get him a couple of hours a week maybe, and I was having to pay him to come over to my house and sit here and consult with me on see if we could get this, uh, this girl that was giving me all these problems uh, to understand English again after two years when all of a sudden she couldn't understand it anymore. <laughs> Let me clear my throat here. Uh. <coughs> so he was over. And uh, it was getting towards the time when he had to leave because he had an appointment. And I was explaining to him what I considered this little trap I had her in. I'd used it before. I used it with Tom one time on a girl that was given that was playing him and I against each other back in Atlanta. And so I'd kind of understood it a little bit, but I didn't understand it anywhere near as well as I do now. And so I'm sitting there explaining this situation that she's in and and he's just about got to go and we're at the kitchen table i'll never forget it okay and i'm explaining this to him and i'm trying to keep my line of thought where i can get this concept across to him and as i get to part of it he makes this comment and he says that's power and i did i wasn't finished with what i was telling him and i didn't want to lose my train of thought and get off onto something but i knew that was important and so i kind of grabbed it you know meta, meta, metaphorically i grabbed it out of thin air and put it in my back pocket okay so and i keep telling him what i'm going to, to, to what i see as this situation and then he says that's what you did with your affidavit you stole their power i gotta go see you later <laughs> And he leaves. And I'm sitting there going, I know I'm on something real important, okay? But he's gone, and now I'm trying to figure it out. And so I go in, and I, I, this is where that sentence comes in. All of a sudden, the recall comes back, and it goes first a line, then a line, another line, then a square. And I got all this right in my mind, in the forefront of my mind. We just had the conversation. I go grab a piece of paper. I've still got that piece of paper, actually. I grab a piece of paper, and I draw a line. I go, that's got to be the 14th Amendment. Okay. And then I draw another line, the opposite side of the triangle. I go, that's got to be when they took over the money supply. It gave them the opportunity to take over the government what's the square well see if you don't know any drafting terms you think square is the square like you're normally familiar with but in drafting terms a square is when you close open lines and so the square is the third trapping line of the triangle so what's the square what's the square what's the square Oh, it's where they hid the original status of a state citizen as a national. So the square is a fraud. And instead of a three-sided Babylonian conceptual trap with fraud, once you submit that affidavit, it dissolves that trapping line, and there's only two lines, and the triangle's open, and you're out. And that for some of you that say, well, what happens when they don't recognize it? You want to know why they recognize it? Is that right there. Okay. All the other things that it does. But what you've got in that we're in, and now we know, and have analyzed, and have proven, 
is you've got your arms around the legendary fabled holy grail it's not a vase you know indiana jones in two or three movies went all over the world looking for that thing went through all kinds of dangers and whatnot thinking it's a thing well it's not a thing it's a concept and they can cookie cutter it because they can take that formula and put it in any situation and come up like they did here all they got to do is fraudulently put one of the squares in one of the sides in and now you're trapped in a square now the beautiful part about this excuse me for one to hiccup beautiful part about this is like the common law you know it's like when you submit your affidavit well now that legal playing field's level okay and now we got access to it too big boys and they don't like that see okay that's why you can as we were talking the 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 other night saturday night at the end of the thing with thumper and indigo i said well now you go back and put people on notice because now you can weaponize your law you can't weaponize it on the other side okay when when the playing field's tilted 45 degrees you can't do that and when it's level it's a whole different ball game that's why they don't like a level playing field they can't win okay so now we got those advantages and now we can take that holy grail and we can flip it on them, okay? So instead of the 14th Amendment, I figure, is the the first line. It's got to be, wouldn't you think, in that kind of a situation, that the first line would have to be what you call a baseline? Most important one is one I guess you'd lay down first, isn't it? Yep. Okay, so the baseline's the 14th Amendment, and that's the slave line they're driving you into as they compress the other two, right? As the administrative state starts pressing in on that little side of the triangle, it drives you right into that 14th Amendment slave baseline. Well, once you submitted an affidavit, it ain't a slave line anymore. It's a freedom line. Instead of a black line, it's a white line, okay? And, and now you can do things like flip it on them. Because now you got the freedom line, and you get a whole bunch of people, and the whole populist movement, that's another line. And then you start getting, for instance, gold, silver, cryptocurrencies. Bam, now they're trapped. Okay? See how you could just alter these things? So, that's a, like I said, look, for those of you who are new, there's probably some new people listening in or maybe on the board here. That's a very advanced concept. It may, it may go over your head totally right now, and I'd understand that totally. Okay, so just I'm just telling you what this is, why it works, and where the basis of all these things are, and it's into that Jewish Freemasonry magic. It's all it is. Okay, they ain't got no more power than tricking you into answering those questions, yes, and legitimizing their fraud, and giving them a consent of the governed. Yep, I'm a serf. You can do anything you want to me, and including govern me, and I'll just I'll just stand in line, take that vaccine, give me that jab, baby, give it to me. So that's kind of where we are. Well, my friend here that wrote me the email, and he said uh, said something about, well, I've already renewed the passport, and I didn't do the affidavit. We'll just do another one and, and simply order a $30 passport card. And the reason they've got that option in there, I may not have been in there before. I don't know because I only recently found out it was available. But I'm sure part of it is because of the change uh, the the year when I did my first submission in this, 2007. And that was the year, I guess Bush must have been in at that point. That was the year they changed the regulation on traveling to our neighbors, Canada, Mexico, and the Caribbean, where you used to could do it on a driver's license. And they changed it that summer to 
passport. You had to have a passport. And so my passport was really delayed as anybody else's was that wasn't in that situation. But a lot of people had vacation plans. They did it at the last minute. And now all of a sudden they got to have a whole new document. So the passport office was slammed. Okay. And uh, I think that's the situation with that. So you don't have to have a passport book. Like if you're traveling to Argentina or Ecuador or Europe or China, China, anywhere else in the world, you got to have that book because when you enter the country at customs, they open up our customs or immigration, excuse me, uh, because you always meet these nice immigration agents and you give them that little passport book and they look at it and they put it in their machine and you're profile pops up and they go okay and they get their stamps out and stamp it so they stamp you an x in an entrance stamp back there in the back and then when you leave supposedly after 90 days when you're supposed to within that period of time they boom stamp it that you exited okay and if you're not going to travel big time internationally you don't need that because you can just show that card and get to mexico canada or the caribbean and it costs you a lot less and as we found out that even in domestically uh if you get if you're just driving along on your vehicle or private conveyance and you get stopped and you hand them that card as id we've had several people successfully uh navigate that situation and the policeman comes back and said with daryl recently daryl's he said well you know you really ought to carry your driver's license okay thank you osifer and uh have a good day okay see ya uh, James, who doesn't join us too much anymore because he's got a bunch on his plate with something else, uh, had done it successfully in North Carolina and in Virginia, two, two different states, same outcome. And so uh, that's what I'd suggest you to do, Mr. Email Writer. And I hope you took me up on that because that's a way to do it. Now, interestingly enough, when they require you to send in your active passport with that, they'll send that one back to you almost immediately. Okay. I mean, they'll have it right back. You probably have it back within seven days, maybe. Okay. And the reason for that is if you're going somewhere and you need it, it's still active. You can use it. But then they're going to process your other, your new one, and they're going to send that back under separate cover. And uh, that's kind of good because if they're starting to use this little objection that they've used, I've only seen it used three times that I can remember most recently on our buddy Harvey. Harv, are you with us today? I don't know if you've joined us today or not. Harvey, um, and that's a very interesting story. Now, I've known Harvey for a long time, almost the whole time I've been in this thing. We've been good friends. And uh, one of those people, as you guys know, when you, even if you've never met him, Jeff has, has actually met Harvey. You, just when you, when you meet him, you feel like you've known Harvey almost all your life. You know? He's just one of those. Yeah. Pardon? yeah you're right he's a good guy he's he's a really really one of those true blue guys you know and and uh so uh, harvey used to have some irs uh, challenges in the form of notice of liens to copious amounts of money <laughs> i mean ridiculous amounts of money and so when all of a sudden he's gonna apply for a passport and uh, he does that, and if you've got, now as of about three years ago, I think, if you've got over $50,000 in collections, that's important, in collections with the individuals representing Satan, if you've got an existing passport, they can negate it and cancel it, which is real bad for some of the 250,000 people that left the country because of that situation, and they're off in a foreign country, and now their passport's canceled. Or if you're just applying for one, they can 
refuse you. Well, Harvey applied for one. They didn't refuse him. But they sent back this, well, we, we're not quite sure we know who you are, even though you sent in your expired passport and you got all the birth certificate and the other stuff. We're going to require six more pieces of identification. They give a list, you know, high school annuals and all that kind of stuff. So that's that they're not the, the bluff letter had doesn't work anymore. They've learned that. And now they're going to try this. OK, so you may get that. But if you've got an active passport, they can't do that, can they? If you're sending in an active passport with your new renewal, they're already okayed it because it's still active and it makes them look like, oh, we need more identification for this passport that we've already issued you. Okay, so that may be a good deal, actually. Um, and I should do that myself because I got a passport that's about to expire. It may expire already, right, right on the cusp of it. People are very familiar with me. I've gotten three passports with that affidavit. So uh, anyway, that's what I'd suggest that you do on that. Now, the second question was, my wife's naturalized. Can she go through this? Obviously, you've not listened in a while. Because if we go back to the Department of State Policy Document Certificate of Non-Citizen Nationality, and as I had Thumper, and I had somebody... uh, I think it was uh, uh, Meg got a hold of me. She she was watching that, and she said, that is very effective when you put that up on the screen and read it. Okay? And it's true, because it is their page. It's their website. It's their policy, and it's their policy document. It's their language. Pretty, pretty credible there. Okay? No, not too much wiggle room. Not even for the firmest of deniers there's any wiggle room there. And, of course, the Senate says all U.S. citizens are U.S. national. The 14th Amendment says all persons born or naturalized, all, A-L-L. So anybody that's naturalized can go through this. Anybody that's born, black, white, whatever, if you got birthright citizenship, when you got that birthright citizenship assigned, unbeknownst to you or anybody else except them, they also gave you state citizenship capability, but they hide that real effectively. But there's the statement, all, A-L-L, U.S. citizens or U.S. nationals. So the short answer, yep, she can do it. All you have to do is, again, one sentence, I, whatever your wife's name is, swear under penalties of perjury of the laws of the United States of America. That's the without jurat from uh, the United States Code. Without a, with that, the only difference in the within jurat, jurat's penalty perjury, the only difference between the jurat that's within and the jurat that's without, and they're listed right there, t- Title 28, Section 1746, okay? United States Code. Th- this stuff's in there if you know what you're looking for, like I said. If you don't know you're dealing with this and the situation, you'll never see it, but it's in there. They recognize it. They recognize it to the point where they put it in their code. Okay. And the only difference between those two is of America. The same exact statement, except one of them says United States. The other one says United States of America. There's your federal. There's your original national. Okay. So probably best to use that one. Although, really, while you're writing it, you're still in that within. Okay. But usually either one is going to work. But I just, you know, I'm. A little fanatical on some of the fine points here because that's how I learned. I didn't understand all of this 
rebut the presumption stuff all these years. So you do that one sentence, I, whatever your name is, do solemnly swear under the penalty of perjury of the laws of the United States of America, my desire and intent to be a, a national, I don't think you've got to say U.S. or American, just say national, to be a national instead of a citizen of the United States, and I would add under the 14th Amendment, or if you want to get a little more verbose, under the scope and purview of the 14th Amendment, something like that, however you feel comfortable. Make sure they understand you put those two together, citizen of the United States and 14th Amendment, and I don't want to be that. All you got to do is declare it. Don't even have to get it notarized. Doesn't have to be an affidavit form. Best to be. Go make an appointment. I guess these days you got to have an appointment at the post office to do this. Make yourself an appointment. Go down, submit it. Pay the $30. Get a passport card. Get your out-of-jail-free out card. That's maybe that's what we ought to start calling it. Your passport, get-out-of-jail-free card. Maybe not totally free, 30 bucks. A little postage. Uh, and those are the major questions that he asked, I think, that I wanted to cover. Um, Roger? Yes. I think I heard you twice say this. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I don't think I heard you say under uh, I solemnly swear uh, it should be without the United States and then later under the laws of the United States of America. But let I don't me- think he's... Well, let me clarify that. Again, that language, by the way, comes out of the slaughterhouse cases. I believe that's the first time anybody used it is in the decision slaughterhouse cases, the landmark decision on the 14th Amendment, 1871. And then there they say something, something with these are within. They're talking to the white French butchers. Okay, They're applying under the new for blacks amendment because the state of Louisiana is making them do stuff. And they're going, well, this is within the United States and not without the United States. In other words, the Supreme Court said, look, you're white butchers. This amendment was passed for for former black slaves. We kind of would like to help you. We empathize with you, sympathize with your position down there against the state. But bring this case up to us on something we can decide it on because we can't decide it on this because it doesn't apply to you. Okay. And so that's where they saw the original within and without, and uh, somehow they've applied it to this jurat. Now, you can go, and as I said, let me give you the sections of the code again. If you want to see this with your own eyes, and some people like to, that's okay. Title 28, Section 1746. I'm pretty sure it's a section, and you'll see the two jurats right there. One of them plainly says within the United States. It's just like the residency thing in Webster's Dictionary. They're almost exactly the same. Within, the federal one says, I swear under penalty of perjury under the laws of the United States. Boom. That's it. The other one says, I swear under penalty of perjury under the laws of the United States of America. That's the national one. And the only difference in those two penalties of perjury is of America. Uh, Go to a 1040 form and see which one they use. So, uh, anyway, does that answer your question, Raj? I hope so. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it now. <clears throat> okay. And um, it uses the word 
without, but it does so before it gets to the quotation. Yeah, it doesn't say it in the jurat. It says it in the description. That's correct. I think on mine, though, I, I included it in the in the jurat part well it could be and it doesn't i don't think it really matters which one you use quite honestly but i'm a stickler for detail and i would love to see everybody go to the extra effort to make theirs instead of a declaration into an affidavit because that just means you're king of the mountain because there ain't no way they can rebut it there's no way they can negate it they can't do anything you got them and they know it that's right yeah and and that uh, 28 code it's 28 USC 1746. They lay it out in there. It's really brief. And, and it's section one and section two. And section one is the one we want. And it just says uh, if executed without the United States, semicolon, or colon rather, quote, I declare or certify, verify, or state under penalties of perjury under the laws of the United States of America, that uh, the foregoing is true and correct. Right. The other ones, the number two says, if executed within the United States, is its territories, possessions, or commonwealths, quote, I declare or certify, verify, or state, under, that's in parentheses, so you don't have to put in all those words, uh, under penalty of perjury for the foregoing is true and correct, executed on date, blah, blah, blah. So, and I mean, really, if you want to get technical about it, they haven't received it yet. When you are drafting that document, you are under those in, in within. Okay. Technically. Yeah, technically, yeah. yeah. So look at that. We just mentioned his name and he shows up. Hey, Harv. Yeah, he's fumbling for his mute button. He's he showed up. Harv's in the building. Harv's in the building. <laughs> that's that's right. I was exactly st- uh, stumbling for the mute button. Uh, my spidey sense told me I better call in here and ta- provide some adult supervision. Well, we were talking about your name did come up. It wasn't in vain. We didn't. We weren't being derogatory. We were being quite complimentary. So glad you came by. Well, <laughs> you mean you weren't being truthful? Well, if you want to say, if you want to fool the audience like that, okay. (laughs) If you're not saying anything bad about me, you're not being truthful. Well, my mama Uh, said, if you can't say anything good about somebody, don't you say anything at all, son. (laughs) Well, I've got to say a few bad things. Anyhow, I was checking in on mike lindell this morning he's got his uh seminar going uh election the election fraud special that was interesting right so what are you guys what have you guys been well we were you know yesterday and i I know you're busy on monday and thursdays with your other deal and um but uh, yesterday we spent pretty much the whole hour on chris and uh kind of a eulogy in a sense and um and uh, today i wanted to get a little bit more on track and because that's what he'd want us to do and i i think that uh, chris is passing and 
his uh, endearment to all of us here that have been around for a while are great motivations in what we're doing on advancing this project because we're real close to, I think, some kind of some steps, you know, of significance here. And that's we're kind of talking about that. I was addressing a letter this morning. I was telling some Argentine stories. Let me tell this little story because it revolved around. I just went over the whole Holy Grail thing, Harvey. And this is real interesting to me because this was this two-week period when I was in the second time in my life, what I call a trance. Okay, And as I was dealing with my shaman buddy and the story that led up to me putting these things, being able to put these things together, and uh, it was late afternoon. I remember it was a beautiful day. As nine out of ten days where I was in Argentina are sunny because it's the high desert there, and it's really just one of the most cloudless spots on the face of the earth, actually. And uh, lovely, lovely area, if you like high desert, which a lot of people do. And uh, so I was up. I had a little apartment on the second floor overlooking the Andes off in the distance. And uh, it was late in the afternoon when I was put that together. and Everything fell together. First a line, then another line, then a square. I was able to get the conceptual thing, understand what it was. And I had one of the most unusual experiences, a physical experience I've ever had, and I'll never forget it. Okay, Now, the way I'm going to describe it is the only way I know how to describe it to you. And it's as if if you put your hand right between your breasts, right there on the sternum, okay? And when I came to the conclusion of what it was and how it operated, it was like I had a blockage. Now, I'm going to use this descriptive thing because I think everybody's probably experienced it, but but it is just the best way I know how to tell you because it was very much like this. When you've ever been really, really constipated, okay, and you do whatever you need to do to try and get that blockage out of there, and you're, you're sitting there trying to get it, and all of a sudden, man, that activates, and that, and that blockage comes loose, and, and you're clean, all right? So sorry to be so gross, but that's that's exactly what happened to me here. And that blockage was right behind my sternum. And when that idea completed, came to me, that blockage shot down my spine. I guess you call it a chakra, that chakra. It shot down my spine, and it went out my pelvis, and I could feel it, just as if you're grabbing me by the arm and shaking me. Okay. And I've never experienced anything like it before. I've never experienced anything like it since. But that's what happened when that idea came to me. Now, when I did, I was referring to the Ed Snowden video that people can watch. And so that was, you think, you think that part of the story is interesting? Guess what day and year that was? No, I was wrong. I was wrong about the year. Guess what day and year that was, Harvey? When all that I just described to you happened, you missed the first part. And, yeah. and, okay. Let me, well, let me tell you. I'm going to tell you what it was because you never guess. Right. Okay. All right. May 1st. May 1st. Pretty significant mm-hmm. day. Founding of the Illuminati. 2013. All that came to me over a period of days and accumulated on May the 1st. 2013 now you tell me that's a coincidence hmm. okay so it wasn't 2011 it's was 2013 that's the year ed snowden so on may the 1st 2013 is when that happened and it freaked me out the whole thing freaked me out 
Okay, And what I knew even back then was that if you've got something that's real detrimental to them, and they know you're the only one that's got it, that's when you're you're in danger because they can come knock yeah. you off and silence it. Right? Yeah. And so what you want to do if you get anything like that is you want to spread that thing out as far as you can to as many people as you can as quick as you can because then they're going to putting out fires instead of trying to kill you. And so I started calling the brightest people I knew, John, Glenn, Al Addis. We were working together back then. Nobody understood it. <laughs> but fortunately, they didn't come after me. But that is, that is I'm, I'm virtually positive, the Holy Grail. First a line, then another line, then a square. And it's a diagrammed in that video over on P. If you want to go to YouTube, I'll repeat that again. Maybe some people came on PPN space radio. Just put that in the search. It'll be the top option. Click on that little channel. And in that channel over on the bottom right is that video. It's a, a passport for Ed Snowden. Now, the reason that I was so motivated to do that is because when Ed Snowden's story broke, was there was there a news outlet on the face of the earth that wasn't all over that as the lead story constantly for days? Probably not. Okay. No. As he got over into Hong Kong and got out of Hong Kong and got to Russia, got sequestered at the Russian airport for about a month. Well, in a Glenn Greenwald story, Glenn's reading it, and he's got Ed Snowden's email address <coughs> in there. Okay, and it was active at the time. It was that one the FBI, CIA shut down a little while after that. But for a while, so Glenn shoots me at Snowden's email, <laughs> and so I send him an email while he was sequestered in the airport in Moscow. Hey Ed, I got your back, man. Here's a copy of my book. Okay, why? Why? Because all he had to do when they canceled his passport, which passport did they cancel? His slave passport. If he'd applied to the embassy in Moscow with an affidavit, they would have had to have given him a passport. It would have blown the lid off the whole thing. They couldn't, with all the international media there, they couldn't keep a lid on it. Yeah, but the risk was if he set foot in the embassy. No, no, no. Well, you, it doesn't matter. You don't have to set foot in the embassy for you to submit yours. You go to the post office. Mm -hmm. He could have had a courier take it over there. Okay. But anyway, so that all that was happening at that period of time and and I was after I think if you go back the Snowden thing broke about the first week of June of that year. And it took me about 2 weeks until that thought hit me. Well, hell, they only they canceled his slave passport. He could apply and get a national passport. Well, then that's when I got real busy, and that's when that video was produced and all those things happened. So, And Ed never responded to the email. I can understand why. We probably never saw it. If you did, probably never read it. But uh, regardless, that was the uh, situation and the events that led up to that video, which is, uh, man, I mean, I'm real proud of that. Uh, that gal did a cry. Have you ever seen that, Harvey? Have you ever watched that little 30-minute video? No, I haven't. Okay, well, it's uh, – it, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I did. Well, I have to I either – you can go chase it up or I, – I would advise everybody watch it. And I keep forgetting about it because it's 
well, it's just almost 10 years ago and all that, and we're off into new things. I know a lot more. I mean, we go over, and the girl that shot it, the videographer that shot it, did a real good job in zoom-ins on the passport oath and all this stuff. And and uh, so, anyway, it's uh, in there in the middle. She diagrammed, did a very, very good graphics job, diagrammed the Holy Grail and why the affidavit works. Now, it's not labeled. I was so freaked out about it and what it was and having that knowledge that I didn't want to put, this is the Holy Grail in capital letters at the top. She knew it. Okay. In fact, let me tell you what, she wouldn't even put her own name in any of the credits on that video. Yeah. She didn't want anything traced back to her, even as an Argentinian in in the middle of nowhere, Argentina. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but that's there and that's what it is. And the reason it works is because when you submit the affidavit, it dissolves the third line of the triangle. That's the trapping line. First line's the 14th Amendment. Second line was the Federal Reserve Act taking control of the money in the government. And the third trapping line of that conceptual triangle, your triangular, triangular trap, that Babylonian three-sided conceptual trap is what it is, was based on fraud when they hid the original status. So when you tell them the original status and send it to them, it dissolves the third line. You're out of the trap. That's why it works. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had a long talk yesterday. I was over in Alabama, and on my way back, uh, just as I was leaving uh, my my niece and nephew's house, uh, I checked my phone, and I had a text message from one of my oldest and dearest friends, and he said that his daughter wanted to talk to me. Would it be okay if she called? And of course, I said yes. So she called, <clears throat> and uh, and we spent uh, oh, the next 45, 50 minutes uh, talking as I drove home. She is uh, under threat of discharge uh, from her company. Uh-oh. I know about this. Yep, you do. If she doesn't have... The COVID vaccine by September fifteenth. <clears throat> That's about right. That's about right. Uh, and so uh, she's all worried about it. And I said, "Why worry? She she works as a medical coder. In other words, you know, the doctors treat the patients. Mm-hmm. They." say what they did and she converts that into these number codes right and which they've got for they everything use. medical there's a code and that's one of the one things they've done with this covid thing is screw with those codes go ahead harvey yeah so uh she works from home works from home never sets foot in their offices Yet they demand that she get the COVID vaccine. They have no interest in no valid interest in whether she is vaccinated or not. But you see, to us, excuse me, to to them, we are all just cattle. Yeah, we've heard that before, haven't well, we? Well, I mean, look, that's what they call them in Babylon, and the words goyim, and that's the same word they used in Babylon. And if. If it's a Muslim, they refer to us as, what is it, Kaffa? 
Oh, I could be. I don't know. Cattle. Cattle, non-Muslims. Kaffa. I think that's what it is. If somebody got a little knowledge in that area can tell me. But regardless, that's the way it is. And I saw a video earlier this morning. Uh, Kevin sent it to me on Telegram showing uh, black students in Africa somewhere, I don't know where, jumping out of the school windows and taken off to go home. They were told they had they were they had to take these vaccines, and so they just started bailing out of windows. Good for them, and running. And and I said, the 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 government there and here and UN and all these other people, they all view us as cattle. Yep, and that's what they see running here, and. Yep, in this clip, they're white. They said something that I couldn't hear clearly about uh, a white school doing something, the, doing the students at a predominantly white school doing the same thing. I think that's what they said. But uh, nevertheless, it's out there. There are uh, some people are beginning to rebel. Yep. Yeah, like four and a half million of them in Germany. Yeah, love them. So, by the way, and I wanted to mention this. It's just because I'm listening to Alex lately, and he's yeah. covering what happened in Paris. I guess in France, not just in Paris, all over France. Uh, about the same, probably number uh, uh, amalgamated there. And he said, "Well, the French, Macron and them have passed a regulation, but that's not really law." <laughs> Please, Alex. Please, man. Come home, please, Alex. Please Come pay. Home. Please pay attention to my stuff. Somebody, when he's opening up the phones, Alex. please let's make this a group effort. If you guys are listening live and you got a minute, please call in and say, "Listen, you you got to listen to Roger Sales stuff. He's got the answers you're looking for." Okay, because you honestly, with statements like that, you do not understand what you're talking about. I'm sorry. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be detrimental. I'm not trying to be ugly. Regulations are little laws. That's what they call them. They're man-made laws. Okay, and that's why they put the administrative state in is so they got man-made laws to cover the new serfs, like the one in England that last week. I don't know if you heard this story, Harvey. I hadn't seen the story. I heard I heard it referred to again last night on rents. Mom goes in the hospital, has a baby. They take the baby and newborn baby, and they're stuffing that long uh, uh, PCR test up their nose to their brain. And the mother objects, and they go, you can't object. This baby's our property now. That's what they told her. They told her. Yeah. Okay. I heard you. I heard you say that, and I almost puked. I mean, I I wrote the guy that's got the connection to David Duke. I said, well, why don't you pass this along to Mr. Duke and ask him if that's junk, too? Okay, is that junk coming out of a hospital person when they're telling them, you can't object, that's our property? Is that junk there, David? Is that junk, Jeff? Is that junk, Alex? No, it's what's happening. And it's the reason it's all happening, because of that. That's the nexus. If you don't get rid of the presumption, you're never going to change what's happening and what's coming. Hmm. It's just... Well, that's the way they view us, ladies and gentlemen. They <clears throat> they view us as cattle. That's property. property. 
Yeah, it was, so they got a property right in you. Why? Because they're assigning that feudal system uh, 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 status at birth when you come out of mama's womb. I mean, let's back think this. What's the whole basis of Roe v. Wade? The whole verse, the whole basis of Roe v. Wade is that kid's not out of that mom's birth canal yet, and until it's out of the birth canal, it's not considered a person under the 14th Amendment. If it's not a person, it's got no protections. It's fair game. Yeah. That's the reasoning yeah. behind the whole Roe versus Wade and the abortion thing right there. It's junk, though. It's junk. Well, yeah, I went to great lengths to exp- Yeah. Hey. Oh, that's DW. Huh. Harvey. How are you doing? Yeah. I got a question for you. All right. I, I'll probably miss. Does, no, no. Does a, does a farmer have a equity position in his livestock? Oh, yeah. Livestock, he does. Right. And that's yeah. what they consider. The farmer. Well, well they, they consider taxes tax uh, farm. Does does the state does does the state have an equity position in that newborn person? That's what they say. Yep. Unless you object, <laughs> that's the presumption, isn't it? So, yeah, I I don't I don't disagree that that the Goyer considered uh, considered cattle. Uh, that's but i i just like to i just like to put a little sharper point on it you know i, I like say um, on yeah i like to, i just like to sharpen the lead a little bit more and um the uh so uh yeah uh the word you're looking for is kaffir a kaffir kaffir yeah k a f f i r in english or yeah, is it which just is one F. Shouldn't oh, well. shouldn't be confused with coffee. It's kaffir. <laughs> so anyway, right. I gotta I I gotta run to the post office. Or, I just wanted to throw that in. Or a comprehensive yeah. annual financial report. Either don't confuse it with that. Listen, listen. Talk about a pet peeve. <laughs> and I I just cannot. I just cannot. I, you know what I have done? I have gone to the lengths of actually writing the websites down and showing it to people. And you show it to them, the, the CAFR for the city of Gadsden, the, ca, the CAFR for the state of Alabama, and they look at you. And I go, they go, well, that, that don't mean nothing. And I said, well, <laughs> there's, there's only 150 pages here. And, and the, the, the summation of the accounting at the end shows that they have, you know, so many hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I listen, I, 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 <laughs> I don't, it, it's hard to help people when they don't, when they don't right. want to be helped, right? You know, Daryl, so, how many times uh, have I said yeah. on here for a number of years now that our enemies are correct and that really the people are a herd, and they really do need somebody to oversee them and help guide them? But the question is, who's going to do it? Is it going to be Satan or is it going to be Jesus? That There's a question right there. Yep. Well, I, it, the, the, laws, the laws can be found in, in, in the law book that they proclaim that they uh, – align themselves with their, their belief system their philosophy but yet they they uh, they either are either in 
contradicting themselves or they're just outright hypocrites. And uh, uh, I I believe that most people would probably embrace uh, being uh, a part of uh, Christianity and Jesus Christ as long as they can keep their sin and be comfortable in it. Oh boy! Uh, which is the evidence that we have. So we don't. We, this is we have. This is what. This is what socialism is. This is what communism is. Is that you can, you can have Christianity without Christ. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, that that's very in that way. That see that then you can you can, at that time then you can you can modify, and change uh, your your personal convictions or principles based upon the behavior around you, social justice equity. Uh, for the society around you, your peer pressure, but you can still claim to keep your belief system. All right, and this is this is all this is. This is what this is what Cyrus Schofield allowed them to do. The, his interpretation. This is uh, modifying your belief system to adapt it to your own behavior or those around you. This is why you can go into uh, Southern Baptist churches and see. Um, homos and skinny jeans leading the choir if not at the pulpit so um you know this well, is this even is the, more yep excuse me daryl let me just say even more to the point you can go to uh you can go to southern baptist churches and see that they share the parking lot with the masonic lodge well, the the pastor might might be a thirty three degree mason for all you know, and yep. probably is. Yep. So uh, this is this is uh, uh, this is Christianity as it's practiced in this country for over a hundred years. And I, I will I'm going to make a provocative statement. I know this might surprise some of you that I would be provocative, oh, but I'm going to I'm 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 about to say something that's going to provoke people christianity as practiced and animated in the united states and for that matter all western countries is a failed absolutely failed belief system and philosophy it's been neutered. how to live your life it's been it's neutered failed and and uh i've been saying this more and more recently around here and and I, I kind of get that look, you know, they you know where they get, they start to give you that look where they turn their head and they squint their eyes a little bit, and I said, in my response to him, uh, I was saying this, uh, I think I said it on Saturday at the coffee shop, and I said, well, uh, I said the evidence is all around you. Okay. Yep. Uh, re- rebut the evidence. Yep. Okay, so uh, people are going to have to, not only do you have to repent personally, but you have to repent politically, okay? And if if you've been in that Christian Zionism camp, you better repent spiritually, too, okay? Because the statement from a Jew in that Ted Weiland book on that subject is, the term Zion, Christian Zionism is the greatest public relations coup of the 20th century, verbatim, unquote. Yeah, well, and, and Christian Zionism, I, I have to say, I'll keep saying this until I get traction with it. Christian Zionism is uh, founded, uh, the concept is created 
It's developed, it's financed, facilitated, and spread throughout the whole world by the British. By by the the British mm. uh, uh, corporate overlords, uh, the the occulted British mind, uh, the Rusks, Jeremy Benton. Um, out of the out of the early 1800s, this is where this comes from. All right, and uh, we have the I have I have the records to prove it that they they created this. It comes it comes out of the British. Now the British aren't English <laughs> necessarily. True. Okay, that's kind of a blanket statement. So you have you have inside this a group of, of peers in the peerage. And the aristocracy that are now inbred into uh, 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 have invaded England, well, for 300 of that, and and have bred their way in <clears throat> and integrated, inserted themselves into the not only the governmental structure but the ar- aristocratic structure, and then into uh, the monarchy itself. All right, and this is where this is where zionism that's the heart of it you you imagine for uh, a hot a hot minute that the people in israel that 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 thing they call the state of israel do you think for a moment that anybody there actually runs that country and oversees it the people that run that place live in england or, or in britain they live in france they live in switzerland they live in belgium yep okay all right daryl here, I got a question for you. All right, if well, remember uh, G.K. Chesterton uh, said, um, "The Christian has not Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and not tried." Ah, so. My question, as a challenge question, is what are you doing to help organize a church near, you know, in your area where true Christians can worship the true God in the true manner? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm putting on a, uh, I'm, I'm putting on a, uh, <clears throat> a uh, Jimmy and I are putting on a, uh, a, a, uh, an event over here to I tell know. the slap the people up inside of the head enough to let them know that uh, they need to change, you know. So before they change, you know, they got to get thirsty before they want to drink, don't they, Harvey? Yeah, but uh, you need to be holding some services. You need to organize. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not, listen. I, I'll be straight up with you. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. I'm not. Uh, that ain't my you, job. Well, I'm a watchman. I'm a watchman. Right, I'm a watchman. Okay, I'm phrase, blowing the horn. Yeah, <laughs> the, the phrase, the the uh, universe, u- universality of the uh, of the preachers uh, is not a it's not an entirely separate class. We're all supposed to be spreading the gospel. So, well, if you get within six feet of me, <laughs> there you're you going to go. hear it. The three, right, okay. The, the, the what three, I'm saying is, you know, the three, you, the three you, foot you'll rule. You'll get 
a testimonial. How, yeah, and I can I can assure you that any number of people that used to be around me don't want to be around me. <laughs> so a lot of that okay, happens with folks like us, you know. Well, I tell you what, if you start right. ba- if you start bathing, Daryl, uh, <laughs> it might it help. Might not ha- yeah, it might help. Might help. But uh, no, really, I I do think that that's uh, uh, one of the you know just the quiet and continual testimony is one of the great things but i mean well people people need to if nothing else just get on the internet and listen to uh brent winters on sunday morning you can't find anybody else that's a good one that's a good thing to listen to for sure let me just say you're dealing with christians eyeing us i think this is the best way to approach any of those people you know in the back of genesis right there in the begats and there's pages of it, begat so-and-so, begat so-and-so, begat so-and-so. Every one of them are men. Every one of them. But yet you're only a Jew and admitted to the right of return over there to Satan's sandbox. If your mother was a Jew, how are those people the people of the book? Tell me, please, right now. That's pretty simple. You ought to be able to answer it. Lickety-split. How are those people the people of the book? Duh. Uh, they're not. They're not. Listen, I I I point any number of people. As a matter of fact, I uh, uh, Harvey, I, yeah. I buy uh, I buy Ted I buy Ted Wyland's book ten at a time and give them away yeah. free. Great, great. Uh, book. I I I buy I buy uh, I, I give other books away free. Good. Uh, I solicited uh, solicited. Uh, over a period of time, and got Ted Wyland to come on Michael and I, on Michael show, and I gave him a two-hour platform with which to speak. I constantly referring people over to Ted Wyland's website. Um, we have we have people that are doing this doing this work. Uh, all I'm trying to do is, uh, you know, blow the horn and uh, <clears throat> see who has the eyes to hear. Uh, eyes to see and ears to hear you know and uh now for uh, those those of you who may be new i think we probably got some new people hanging around uh maybe not they're kind of shy they're not overtly here with us but what daryl was referring to many other people are very biblically oriented um what daryl's referring to is an old testament verse about the watchman on the wall and it said you're a watchman on the wall if you see danger coming and you don't tell your fellow man the blood's on your hands for what happens but if you tell them and they don't listen you're absolved and the blood's on their hands and that's where we all want to be and that's why you got to tell people about this it's your duty yeah it ain't your desire it ain't your wallflower coming off to get in the middle of the room and start talking it's your duty Okay, or else the blood's yeah. on your I, uh, hands, and I don't think any of us want that. I I don't know I don't know when this hit me. I, I think it was last week. It it might have been, I might might have been right before our, our Sunday show we do on Sunday nights. I think it was Saturday, and uh, you know where it says uh, Harvey. Uh, yeah. You know people here. It says uh, to stand in the gap. Yeah. All right, and it also says to occupy until his return right yeah now now these these are verbs and uh i uh (laughs) i uh 
Uh, I, I took a little bit of uh, privilege with uh, standing in the gap, and I, I wrote down that standing in the gap uh, apostrophe doesn't mean standing around. Standing in the gap does not mean standing around. And uh, we, we got a lot of people that like to stand around and uh, <clears throat> make excuses, make excuses, and then modify modify their belief systems to uh, put balm and salve on their own consciousness. So, um, you know, most people don't want to listen to me preach because I, uh, I, I am the way I am, and it's going to come out as fire and brimstone. Uh, <laughs> okay. But, but, but that, if the truth is fire and brimstone, you, you go ahead and say it. And, yeah. Uh, and you know, I had a conversation the other day with my elder brother, and during the conversation we were talking about uh, certain tactics uh, to awaken those who can be awakened. And he said, you got to gather the coals together if you're going to get any heat. <laughs> I said... Yeah, where'd you pick that up? He said, I just said it. <laughs> I said, okay. Um, but, you know, you, you do need to start gathering people together. People of a like mind need to be talking, meeting, and planning together. And that's why we're here two hours every weekday, and we may be yep. st- doing something on Saturday sometime soon, maybe. Well, Harvey... Yeah, Harvey, you, you may not been a, you, you may not have been aware of this. I don't know how it, <clears throat> it's a gross oversight on my part if you weren't aware of it. But uh, Jimmy and I are uh, producing and coordinating and organizing a uh, a whole day presentation in Gadsden at the Pittman Theater on October twenty third. It starts at eight in the morning and ends at eleven at night. And there's going to be as many speakers with powerful messages as we can get in there about a variety of topics, including health. And um, to and, and what's the purpose? Well, to bring together like-minded people in physical, in physical approximation. Uh, you could, you know, we've we've played around with different names for it. It's it started out as a jamboree, and then it turned into the rowdy rebel jamboree. And then it might actually end up being the Rowdy Rebel Jamboree Revival. Mm. So, uh, so you're you're invited. You're invited because uh, you're going to know people that are there. There's a lot of people that are actually on this board that are coming. I'm and, looking uh, forward to seeing you. You know, honestly, what you should do, Daryl, is have Harvey and schedule him and get up there and go over the uh, frequency machine. In all honesty. Yeah, there's well, yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll give you a, we'll give you a slot. We've got we got eight in the morning till eleven at night uh, to fill. Okay, okay. It, it, it's already been paid. The venue's already been paid for. <laughs> Jimmy paid for it. Okay, so we we have to fill the time. Pittman Theater, huh? Yeah, it's downtown Gadsden. It's a it's an old nineteen twenties thirties theater with. It's been uh, set up with. Uh, uh, it's got a stage and an audio system. Uh, the theater seats were pulled out, and it's a flat floor, but we'll have seats in there. 
they they hold all kinds of events in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I love and the uh, theaters, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a it's a great location. It's a great little town. Uh, it's an old southern, you know, Main Street downtown, uh, old brick building with a marquee out front, and uh, uh, Jimmy picked that out. He found it and uh, took the initiative to do all that. So good for you, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, long, yeah. long time, very loyal listener to the show. Never calls in, doesn't participate with us, but we know he's always yeah. listening. We get emails from him occasionally, and you can see right here the product yeah. of his involvement. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah. Well, you know, you know the old saying about it's it's not the size of the dog in the fight; it's the fight. It's the amount of the fight that's in the dog. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's Jimmy. <laughs> good yeah that's 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 him so anyway i gotta run to the post office but uh go ahead thanks for your thanks for your contribution uh travel safely and i'm gonna use Mm -hmm. your example to go back to what we were talking about earlier here uh with this fellow that wrote me this email because there's one thing i didn't cover okay so thanks daryl Yep. Yeah, there's yes, Alan. Indeed. Alan's wanting to jump in there. Another Georgia boy. Hey, Alan. I think it's I Alan. Say, yeah, that was me. That was me, right? Uh, just come out over the news there. WSB posted out that uh, Andrew Como has resigned. Oh, the pressure got to him. Oh, no. Oh, what <laughs> will New York do? <laughs> they, maybe, he's got, maybe he's planning on running for president. Well, that's a, that's a thought. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I don't know now. now. now here, here's here's the real question: What deal did they cut with him? He didn't well, hang around for no reason. He hung around. I mean, it was somebody. Do you, do you guys know what a dog whistle is? Yeah, it's I it's do. a. It's a signal you give that only your enemies can hear. That, that, that's a little joke, see. Okay. That's it, a possibility it, with him, though. Pardon me? Yes. That's a good it, possibility with him, yes. Yeah. No, but, uh, you know, the liberal press, the communist press, is always saying, oh, he, this is a dog whistle. Nice. The only people that know it's a dog whistle are the people that are on the opposite side. So they're the only ones that can hear your your dog whistle. Uh, maybe your dog whistle doesn't exactly well, exist. Maybe, maybe it's a silent dog whistle, one of those high-frequency ones that we can't hear. Yeah, but but your enemies can always hear it. You know, your yeah, enemies in well, CNN well, they're and dogs. Washington Post. Well, they're, yeah. they're dogs. What do you expect? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, boy, this this so I so all of a sudden somebody blows the liberal dog whistle and everybody turns on Andrew Cuomo. Why? Well, pro- probably because eleven more complaints came in from females here recently about his uh, amorous uh, approaches and activities. I don't think that's enough. You don't think uh, on top of all the others and killing all the people and Trump sending the hosp- one of the two hospital ships in the U.S. Navy and they didn't put anybody in there, but they ran them all over the nurses, old folks home so they could kill all them. Well, all that wasn't yeah, enough, but, I guess. But no, it wasn't. I mean, who cares? They're old people. They've, 
you know, they're just they're non-producers. They're just parasites on yeah. uh, on society mm-hmm. now, uh-huh. and and uh, we don't give a flip about them. No, no. You know, so uh, you know, you can murder babies all day long. Nobody cares. What about old people? Man, they're sucking up resources. We got to. You know, they're better off. Uh, isn't that one of the great expressions? Oh, they're better off now. They're better off dead than they were alive. And <clears throat> so here's Andrew Cuomo. And one day they're all buddies with him. They're all defending him. Mm-hmm. And very little new information comes out. Oh, we've got a few more women who say... Uh, he grabbed them or touched them or said something inappropriate. And everybody from Joe Biden on down uh, tells him he better resign. And they're drawing up criminal complaints against him. That Those criminal complaints will disappear now that he has resigned. Probably. And that was probably part of the deal. That's what I think. And uh, you notice that Joe Biden hadn't resigned, despite all the accusations that are documented going back 28 years against that MAGA. Uh, you better hope Joe Biden doesn't resign or they're going to run in. Oh, I'm God. not qualified to be in either position, Kamala Harris. I don't even know how to pronounce my first name, Harris. Yeah. So, so um, I think. Before we get out of here, I want to go back and make sure, because I hadn't polled anybody on the board today. We've had a lot of conversation, and it pretty melded between the three of us. Is there any questions or anything, or do we have any new folks on the board here that have got something that you want to have answered? We'd love to entertain your question. Really, you know. not new, but me, me, me. Hey, Mayor Murmur. Well, we're always happy to have you, sweetie. And let me just add, for the new folks that are out there lurking, uh, you know, this, this show's for you. Okay, we've got our freedom. We go in here and discuss a lot of these fine points of it, and, and there are a lot of fine points to discuss. But realistically, the program is for you and your freedom and you achieving it. Go ahead, Mur. Oh, okay. So with Cuomo, apparently one of these accusers, I think it was the one that was on the TV, uh, I just saw a clip of, but um, apparently, uh, and, and that worked with him, her family owns a lot of these nursing homes. Ah. Okay, put those two together. Mm-hmm. Well, I know there was a coroner. I heard a coroner's wife the other night on something i don't remember where i heard it you know these things blur but the guy had been a coroner for 27 years pretty good length of time and he said since they started this shot last year his activities have tripled and he's never seen anything like it hey i've got two more things and i just put in the gypsy chat and it's in the roger sales chat but uh I don't know how to pronounce it. B-U-T-E-Y. Buddy? Booty? C-O-C-K-C-Y-C. Yeah, take whatever. It's about breathing. And most people don't realize it, and especially at night, mouth falls open and you breathe through your mouth. You're not using your air filter. And this is how a lot of ailments get going. Could be. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, you need to look into that. I mean, even including taping your mouth shut at night. 
you get used to it. Mm. And in fact, after a while, yeah. you don't even need to do that. Yeah. And you'll breathe through your nose. But the other thing. That duct tape. That, that, really that duct tape serves a lot of purposes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just use cellophane tape, but there's there's a uh, you know medical tapes, paper tapes, and stuff that, you know. So Deanna was uh, advising on whatever, but anyway, the main reason I called, and this has been bugging me about James. I think I need to confess that uh, <laughs> when he was in the chat room, and uh, the very night before Thomas O. Young had been on rinse, and I heard part of that interview. And it's about an alkaline diet. And turns out James, this has really helped him. And he's even been on Young's show, and that's his doctor, right? So well, I had heard from other people that, uh, you know, to test your urine in the morning to make mm -hmm. sure you're alkaline, mm -hmm. use litmus tape, you know, mm -hmm. litmus paper. PH, PH. Um, mm-hmm. But um, so I was kind of joking with him, but it's a fact about uh, Shamba Shastra. Shambhu Shastra, it's uh, Ayurveda, it's urine therapy. <laughs> and this is another really good thing. But anyway, people got to get past the stigma. But anyway, so I had put in the chat room, you know, if you practice that, you don't need litmus paper. And boom, he was gone. I haven't heard from him since. So I'd like to apologize <laughs> if that's what did it. And please come back. No, no, you know, I covered a story on here a couple <laughs> of years ago. You can go find it on the web. It's pretty interesting. It concerns urine. And uh, there were some South African students at one of the universities down there, and they wanted to try and make concrete with urine. Okay, And so what they did was they set up a couple of donation places, and a number of people do donated to their effort. And they were very successful at it. And it's better cool. than normal concrete, really. But they did a lot better, of research. Better than polluted well, I, I guess. Well, well, the point I'm trying to get to is it, it worked, okay, and it probably worked better than the normal way. But in their research, the urine is they their statement in the article I read. I read it on the air a couple of years back. Said urine is liquid gold. Okay, I said well, it they is. Use it for tanning. Well, right? it's, yes, and they did. But the, well, the reason that it's liquid gold is it's got all of those three numbers that you see in fertilizer, and it's like chock full of fertilizers of, of nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus, yeah. whatever those three are. Okay, it's loaded with them. Yeah, you and, be outside, right? Well, they they went they went and did a a, a, a graph where they took a, a lake. And they said, if you took this amount of volume in the lake and you just put this little bit of urine in there, it would make up something like 80% of those three nutrients in the lake. Just that little bit you put in there. It's really, really potent stuff. And I was telling my mom about it, you know. My mom's legally blind. She listens to a lot of radio. And, and she said, you know, I heard the other day on this gardening show, and they said, if you really want, if you want tomatoes and you want to get the best, the best turnout of tomatoes you've ever had, put a little urine in there once a week. So uh, evidently that's getting out. I just always thought that was interesting. Okay. Let, let oh, me yeah, tell you. <coughs> it's, for, it's for health reasons. Your own <coughs> urine. Yeah. A cup every morning. I, I've heard a, a gal I used to know said that's what you do. You take your, your first urination in the morning and you drink it. I, that seems a little gross. I don't know about the all the benefits of it, but that's what she was expanding on years ago, just and 25 years ago. It's like broth. Yeah, okay. It likes what's in you. If you're having a lot of sugar, it's going to be acidic, so you need to cut that out. But otherwise, it's it's just like broth. 
It's no big deal. It's just getting over well, it. Well, I know one thing. Well, it's loaded with growth vitamins. If you're out there and you got a little victory garden or something, you may want to experiment with that a little bit. Go ahead, Harvey. All right. I got I got a bunch of little urine stories. <laughs> uh, number one. Oh, you little, oh, you little squirt, you. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, years ago, I saw a program about uh, a certain African tribe and they collected urine from the cows and used that to bathe the, the children, the babies. Huh. They'd huh. wash them down in cow's urine. Uh-huh. Well, why would that be? Well, first of all, <clears throat> the urine is the approximate, very close to the pH of the body, and the osmotic pressure is the same, so there's no conflict with your body uh, fluids. Secondly, Urine carries in it uh, a number of antibodies that are being thrown off. You're constantly refreshing the antibodies in your bloodstream. So some get dumped into the urine, and so it's anti-infective. And, <clears throat> and I, you know, I thought about that, and then I reflected back to uh, an article, well, not an article, a story I read in uh, one of Peter Cathaway Hapstick's books on big game hunting. Uh, the first that I remember is Death in the Long Grass. And in one of the books, you know, Death in the Dark Places, Death in the blah, blah, blah. Uh, <clears throat> and and Capstick was a, a professional hunter in Africa. He's from New Jersey, but he was an African white hunter, they called him at the time. That's no longer fashionable. Uh, And he talked about a fellow that was on uh, a hunt with them, a safari, and stumbled across a spitting cobra. And most of you should have seen video of spitting cobras by now, but they, they actually rear back and they spit the venom and they spit it right into your eyes. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it, it blinds a person or an animal, and this cobra <clears throat> uh, got this guy right in the eyes. And so after they dispatched the cobra, they took this fellow, held him down, held his eyelids open, and they took turns urinating in his eyes, washed the cobra venom out and his vision was saved all right next when i was in vietnam we when we patrolled these areas that had been overgrown with uh uh oh what did we call that that gray anyhow kudzu kudzu (laughs) no no it wasn't it wasn't kudzu uh that that was a japanese plant yeah (laughs) Uh, elephant grass, yeah, there's the word. Uh, and elephant grass would cut your skin, uh, just like paper cuts, mm-hmm. and it would get infected, and uh, and it would you'd have fungal infection, and we called it jungle rot. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have anything in the in the medicine chest that would stop it, really stop it. And I remember Corporal Pitts told me. Uh, well, Lieutenant, you just have to wait till the monsoons come, 
and then they'll wash us all clean, and the jungle rot will be gone. I went, oh, okay. Well, it was coming up on uh, September, and the monsoons were supposed to be there soon, and they came, and sure enough, it washed us all clean. That was it. What we could have done was just washed ourselves with urine. Urine is sterile. I mean, unless you've got a urinary tract infection, it's sterile. And you can use it to cleanse yourself. And if you're in a primitive situation and you don't have antibiotics or colloidal silver or something else like that, uh, and you're injured, you can just rinse a a wound out with urine, and you're going to be perfectly okay. Remember, you're delivering uh, antibodies directly to the site of the potential infection. So, yeah. anyhow, those are okay. Yeah, good. Uh, well, a lot of lot of lot of uses for that stuff. And uh, hey, Roger, as un- unreal as it sounds, yes, who's trying to get in there? That's Gary. Hey, Gary. Hey, yeah, I've uh, I've drank urine numerous times, and it does help you stay healthy. I well, can attest to you that. Do you do that fact. that first uh, that first in the morning that you get rid of, or or uh, what? Do you have any specifics on that gear? Yeah, well, it might be kind of gross, but I just take a glass of water, piss in the water, so it cuts the taste. Right, and drink it, and then then drink it. First one in oh. the morning. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, okay. Uh, right, Jennifer yeah. Jennifer Daniels has a. Uh, uh, two-hour show on it if you go to her website. Hmm. Okay. She went a little crazy on it, though. Okay, yeah. she said she kept drinking it, and then the flies were chasing her and all this stuff. So she gets a little <laughs> well, overboard on stuff. I don't, yeah, think, well, I don't know if that really is going to... I love her, We're going to move a lot of people to do that if you got flies chasing you. You know what uh, we say... In, you know, well, you know what we say in Ecuador about this that. This is what you she know? said, yeah. You know what they say <laughs> in Ecuador about it, Murr? Say too many flies. Ah, add some more guacamole. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it don't hurt you, and it's it's actually good for you. They've done studies yeah. on it. Stuff. It's, it's just, more of the lies. It's just another one of those right? things they don't want you to know about. That's probably true. There's a lot of that stuff out there. Right. Listen, for a time, complete package. We, uh, I, I don't want the time to get away from us, and I negated, and this is important, I think, for everybody on the last request on this guy whose email I was covering earlier. Okay? So uh, he says, finally, let me see if I can move my microphone. He says, finally, once we've uh, submitted our affidavits to the secretary of state how exactly do we hold and maintain our new status especially if we're dealing with things like government a new status as nationals especially if we're dealing with things like the military the government is alluding to one of the things of course that brings this into people's consciousness these days is they think there might get mandatory vaccinations okay and this is why i said earlier about if you're going to do it i unless you're just destitute and can't scrape up thirty dollars from somewhere you should always get an id attached to it and i wouldn't have said that 
couple of years ago okay because you can submit it just cold but then you got nothing then you're going to be in front of one of these guys that are asking a question and gonna say well i'm a national and they're going to say well where's your identification well i don't have any here i did a FOIA, uh you know uh for the secretary of state for my administrative file but they they hadn't got back to me with the FOIA information or yeah they're behind in their filing and it isn't in my file yet or whatever there mr osfer okay but if you've done it with a passport application minimum passport card you just hand them the passport card and say go check the database good okay let and that's you that's the best way to defend it now let me add something in there and this we hadn't mentioned this in a while this comes from this guy may not have been the greatest appellate level judge we've ever had may have been don't know i'll be there's been a couple of real good ones but i can promise you he had the greatest name of any judge that sat on that bench the whole time we've had this country enthroned okay and his name was judge learned hand that's his real name judge learned or learned however you want to pronounce it hand learned Okay, and in one of his appellate, they never let him get the Supreme Court because of stuff like this you're about to hear. And I'm paraphrasing, okay, because he's talking about a specific right. But if, if one wants to claim one's rights, one, if one is to claim one's rights here to answer this guy, deal directly, and the reason for this, one must be a belligerent claimant now that doesn't mean grab a baseball bat and get in their face okay that means you got to stand on your position and insist on your position and be belligerent about it and what i've always said and we used to do more of this is because it was more important in that respect back then is you got to know this information cold you got to make it yours you know you're wanting to move over under god's laws you just don't do it on a whim and, and if you're going to stay over there and be able to defend the position, you better understand why you're there and how you got there and why you did it. Okay. And when you understand those and you've made the information yours, then, then you can be belligerent. But if you don't know the information, it's impossible to be belligerent. May I they're add to trick that a little bit? Trick you every time. Yeah, Harvey, please. All right. There was a, uh, something I found years and years ago on the uh, where was it? oh it was in a it was a book by Archibald Bunner uh, Bunker called a life uh, a lifetime with the law uh, and this was quoted by a Texas attorney who was teaching appellate uh, uh, teaching lawyers appellate procedure and and uh, and he said at the beginning of his uh, in the introduction to the seminar, he said, uh, "Now this seminar is for state appeals, the state court of appeals. It does not apply to the federal courts." Said the man accused in federal courts needs a priest, not a lawyer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Pretty good. So, so uh, he quoted later on in his introduction, uh, Terrence Kirk, uh, who was in a you know he was an appellate specialist in the Texas courts. Uh, he quoted this account uh, from some uh, from an English barrister. Uh, 
who was who was arguing this his appeal in this elaborate detail i mean everything he was he was and uh the account says really one of the judges protested do give this court credit for some intelligence to which quick as a flash came the reply that is the mistake i made in the court below my lord <laughs> Isn't that great? That's pretty clever. And may I slip in another quick story on the urine therapy? Of course. Yeah, here we go. Uh, I was out in San Francisco back in the 90s, late 90s, uh, and I was playing uh, wiffle ball with my nephew in the street. And he knocked the ball over into some bushes, and we went down, and... As we went down to get the ball out of the bushes, uh, two women came out of a near, uh, you know, a house, a couple of doors down, and one of them was a a, a large, tall, uh, black woman. One was a very small white woman, and the white woman spoke with a heavy German accent. And it turned out they were both Ova's witnesses. They were calling on a friend who was sick, and they were on their way back to the car. When we came out, well, we got into a conversation, and <clears throat> the uh, the German woman said that she was a conscientious objector during World War II, and she was put in a concentration camp, and they were forced to clean gas masks, and I was you know, gas masks that had been used in combat. Well, I never heard, and I still haven't heard of anything uh, about gas masks or, or poison gas being used in combat in World War II. World War One, yes. World War Two, I haven't heard about it, except for this story. She said they had to clean those gas masks, and they were all getting sick. They were breaking out with these rashes, and they went to the camp doctor and he said i cannot you know we need some medicine and he said i can't give you any medicine all the medicine has to go to the troops in the field the troops who are fighting and uh he said but i will tell you this the best thing you can do is to drink your own urine every morning so they began doing it, and they all got well. Is that right? Yeah. Huh. So I put all my little stories and incidents together, and I said, you know, this is one of those things that makes sense. And, and by the way, for those who would like to know, I had a conversation this morning with our friend Lou Patrick, who has been oh, suffering Oh, thank with, goodness. Please yeah, inform us. Yeah, yeah. Both he and his wife are doing much, much, much better. Uh, but, but he was in bad shape. He said, boy, this, this'll, this'll cure you of arrogance. Uh, he hadn't been sick in, uh, 20 years. Right. Well, he he made up for lost time. Yeah. So he was, uh, you know, again, and we covered it yesterday, all of us should be taking 
a, a goodly amount of D, especially D3, I think, yep. uh, if that's not cr- in, incorrect. You should be taking zinc, and you should be taking vitamin C in large amounts, just those three minimum right there. None of it's very expensive, okay? Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to try and get a hold of this guy, Tom Quinlan, and see if I can get him to join us here and tell us about his little deal with this little amulet you can wear that neutralize, doesn't kill, it neutralizes anything like spike proteins or anything else that comes within a minimum of three feet of you maybe as far away as six and if we could take those vitamins and have one of those deals for 129 bucks i gotta feel you'd have some pretty top-notch protection against this stuff and you don't want I me mean, look it just killed one of our brothers and i know yeah. damn well chris cave did not take that jab i know he didn't he had to get it from somebody that's shedding i know lou didn't take that jab okay and i'm pretty right. sure his wife didn't all right so don't know his wife, but I know Lou, and uh, uh, I'm real glad to see he pulled out of it. So thank you for yeah. letting us know that, Harvey, and tell him that yep. we'll be really, really thrilled when he gets well enough to join us again. And I got somebody, uh, and you don't know this, uh, somebody that I think he's going to really enjoy meeting is a guy that I did this show with, Brent's buddy, Thumper. Okay? Well, Thumper was on the maintenance crew for the Blue Angels in the navy oh okay so they'll have something in common wow yeah that's impressive i you know i don't think you end up on that crew by by being you know about halfway good at what you do yeah yeah that's and you know the uh, blue angels do not use new aircraft they use old aircraft Is that right yep aircraft that uh are no longer exactly fit for combat you know huh. not what you would it as they say in the used car business they aren't front line uh-huh. uh, uh yeah that's not front line or as we machinery. used to as we used to say in pitney blows would you like a new one or would you like one that's previously experienced <laughs> yeah. oh goodness all right uh listen so, at the end of the show here for a day glad you got with us today harv and if uh, anybody's got anything they needed to bring up we probably don't have time to cover it but now's the time to bring it up i mean we can cover it tomorrow for everybody but if there's any new folks out there listening i'm real glad to have you i think we probably got some new listeners from the uh, uh little stint i did with thumper and indigo on on saturday night there and don't forget we're going to be on both the brent shows this weekend saturday and sunday you'll be able to access it by going to commonlawyer.com pulling down the second option events button there across the top and uh, he's got all the links and everything there and also saturday night i'm going to be on with ingrid cassell i believe is her last name on rbn i think it's nine to eleven but i'll check and make sure uh i think that's central but i'm just not sure but it's saturday night on rbn and so we got three good presentations to two really good groups this weekend that i've been wanting to get into for a while and uh, angry has is integrally involved with the anavon rights bunch so we're going to get to expose twice to brent's audience that are already uh, you know the word circulating among them because the people that didn't hear about didn't hear the thing live saturday night have either listened to it or have heard from other folks in their circles about it and uh then we've got this one with ingry on on this saturday night so i think we're uh i think we're making a little progress i'm very encouraged about it okay i mean i've been trying to get on to brent's audience for seven years all right it's taken that long 
and now that we're here we got the technical technological problem straight we're going to roll on saturday and sunday and i think we'll see some new folks here okay uh brent's got a pretty pretty big audience all right so uh, just thrilled to have that opportunity and it's going to be a a really uh, uh i'm very honored okay on both of those and i like angry too and angry's boy angry sees this real quick okay and she was a girlfriend or the live-in or the significant other i guess of don harkins does that name ring a bell with you harv don harkins no does uh does a does a tabloid newspaper that he ran called the idaho observer ring a bell with you oh yeah that yeah was, i remember that, the observer well, she was uh she was his significant other in that effort oh uh. And there's our significant other in the form of a whistler, which usually signifies it's the end of our two hours today. And uh, what I don't often enough say is that uh, if you stay tuned to Eurofolk Radio, Mr. Jim Ram and his do-it-yourself health program for two hours now is next. And you can probably learn something about healthy stuff and how to get yourself in a little better shape to fight the battle, which we're involved in now and is going to get more intense as we go forward book it and if you don't think that's right harvey's story about the girl the daughter or your best friend that is stays at home okay and they're still going to mandate a vaccine for the entire military uh, yeah there's no telling what's going to come out of this decision right there it was just announced yesterday i think yep so uh we'll be back tomorrow and uh if you, anybody's got any questions Man, I mean, you know, for the new people, this show's for you. We sit here and have a good time and talk about stuff like urine and how to apply it and all those other things when we don't have questions from you, okay? But what we'd rather do is entertain questions from you so that everybody can be re-exposed and relearn and find a new perspective and get a new uh, handle around it and understand it better so they can defend it better and explain it better. Uh, is your freedom and the only way i can protect my freedom is to help you protect yours and i'm all into it okay because i'm into protecting my freedom as you can tell i think and i want you to have yours and i want us to be a strong group and we just got knocked off the server so uh i'll see y'all manana we're done and now that we're off the air now can we entertain your questions Well, you're a bunch. What questions? Well, the ones that they're scared to ask. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, Russ. Hey, Russ. Yeah. Alan. How about, how about tomorrow? Go back over that uh, within and without Jurat. I, uh, I don't know. Something on the wording on there just didn't seem to okay well uh, all right we'll drag it up tomorrow alan for the show title 28 section 1746 and and you read it to us and tell us where your confusion is because it's either are you within the federal system or you without the federal system and what it goes to show you is the two systems still exist um alan you're relatively new you've been around what about a year a little over now yeah Um, over a year now okay uh, but downs v bidwell have we gone over that yeah, I think we have a time or two. Well, it hit me uh, last night. I was I was sitting there either going to sleep or something. Maybe it came to me in my sleep. And on this thing this weekend, I've got some exhibits that Francine's going to put up and Brent's going to read. And I wanted Brent to read them. And one of them's your book, your congressional book. That's going to be the first one. 
Okay. Um, and then I thought, well, I need to get that Downs v. Bidwell site in there. So this morning I looked it up uh, over on Wikipedia and shot them the verbiage on the, the great, great descent by John Harlan in this case called Downs v. Bidwell from 1901. And maybe if you're not familiar with it, I'm paraphrasing. He said, gentlemen, he's a Supreme Court justice. He, he was so good, he actually had his own nickname. And it still sticks with him today. His son was also a Supreme Court justice, by the way. Did y'all know that? Okay. He followed in his daddy's footsteps, all right? And and he his his nickname within the legal community was the Great Dissenter. And I find out that he joined Justice Fuller on the dissent in Wong Kim Ark. He was on the dissent in Plessy versus Ferguson. Okay, really important cases with this guy. All right. And he's saying, gentlemen, what we apparently have is two forms of government at the bar. They're arguing a case that the Supreme Court, one under the Constitution and the other under the monarchical powers that have ruled England. Okay, and we need to get this straight. So, and I've got, I added that for the, uh, for the shows this weekend as we build people up. Cause there's going to be some people that have been familiar with it and heard about it and listened to the thumper interview and come back and listen to some of these shows. But some of that audience is going to be exposed to this is going to be no. cold. They're going to be totally cold this weekend when they see it Saturday and Sunday. And I want to start from the start and get in the two hours we've got as many of the high points covered as we can cover. And then they can go research it on their own, find out more. What were you going to say, Harv? Oh, sorry. Uh, nothing important there. I, the uh, Downs v. Bidwell is the, the case that openly addressed the two, the two forms of government. Right. And it was in yeah. the insular cases, and that was back right around. Yeah. Well, when was American Samoa founded? How about a year earlier? Is that right? Oh, 1900. So when they unincorporated American Samoa, they had this planned out a long time ago, man. They knew every jot and every tittle. Roger, did we ever talk about that U.S. versus Anthony? I don't think we've ever really mentioned that. I know we've talked about Afrahim. And well, that's another. U.S. versus Anthony was a 1873 case, and they said in there, too, that the term resident and citizen of the United States is distinguished from a citizen of one of the several states in that the uh, former is a special class of citizen created by Congress. Yeah, there, That's you what go. That there you go. There you go. I've never seen that. I don't think John even brought that case up, eh? uh, Alan, but you're, you've been pretty dogged about bringing up some of these. And for the newer folks, if you hadn't been exposed to this stuff, it's a replete in all these old cases, really state citizen angle. But the better one of the newer ones is this Afrahim case that uh, Alan brought to us in some of his reading and studying. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if this guy Roger's right. I'm going to go study a bunch of this. And you come up with some really good stuff, man, and I appreciate it. Okay? That's one of the advantages of the new blood in here because, I mean, I'm not exactly going out and, and bird-dogging new cases, okay? Um, so, But Afrahim is particularly interesting because it's such a reverse way of looking at it. Afrahim was a Polish Jew, moved over here, naturalized. So what did he do? He volunteered in, didn't he? I want those naturalized civil rights. Well, then he broke the rules and got caught voting in an Israeli election. 
And the the remedy for getting caught and doing that was to take away your rights. And they had had some previous Supreme Court cases that ruled on that from the 50s, I think. Okay? And so Afrahim comes up. He sues Dean Rusk, good old Georgia boy. And there, uh, they got a whole big building dedicated to him over there in Athens at the University of Georgia, the Dean Rusk Policy Center or something, okay? And so he's the defendant here, and the Supreme Court reverses and says, no, we can't take those away from him. Well, what they didn't tell you is why. Why can't they take them away from him? He has to voluntarily give them up. That's right, because he volunteered into them. And by Vattel's Law of Nations, it's you, you can volunteer into any system you want. And they can't go in and take them away from you because you volunteered into them. you got to volunteer out of them. But they didn't tell old Afrahim that they had this other status over there he could volunteer into. And they didn't say it in the court case either. Silent judicial notice of the scam. And same way with the American Samoan cases. One case from these American Samoans, they're dying to get this birthright citizenship because they get the goodies. If they don't have it, they don't get the goodies. Okay? So they want it. Case goes all the way to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court won't hear it. No certiorari. Sorry, boys. Why not? They can't hear it. It'd blow the lid off the whole damn scam. Okay. When they got the second case by the American Samoans a couple years ago, filed in Salt Lake City, district court judge rules in their favor. Rules in the American Samoans' favor they can have birthright citizenship at the district court level. What's the first thing that happened? They got sent a bunch of amicus briefs from the Supreme Court and other places. Two amicus bureau, uh, amicus curie briefs show up at the district court level at the appeal, and guess who submitted them? Federal government and the government of American Samoa. That case has never hey, gone. Roger. To my knowledge, it hasn't gone to the Tenth Circuit yet. Yeah, Gary. I, I'm still trying to figure out what these benefits are I'm supposed to be getting from this government. Oh, it's, it, well, they're... they're I'm, I'm well. serious, Roger. What benefits could you possibly want? Well, you know, you hadn't, you hadn't applied for that disability under Social Security. I mean, you're obviously you're mentally disabled. You're over here with us. <laughs> okay, well... I just can't figure it out. I mean, what, the benefit of having to pay 20% of my money in taxes or 30% or 40%? The benefit of having all these agencies make man-made laws that control you. Yeah, Roger, I can help here. Oh, you can help Gary? Gary, obviously he needs a little help. Maybe I need to go to a psychiatrist. Are you going to be my psychiatrist? I I am indeed a psychiatrist. And I want to tell you that Gary, I mean Alan is having. No, that's Gary. They sound just like they sound just like each other. And how somebody that you're from Indiana, weren't you, Gary? 
Yeah. How somebody uh, sounds like one of us Southern boys being up there in the Midwest, I don't know, but he does. Well, I can tell you that. That's easy. Oh, okay. Dad was born Dad was born in Scottsville, Kentucky, and ah. Mom was born in, in Jonesville, Virginia. Well, there you go. Okay. Well, you got it, honestly. <laughs> so, right. so, and all, all my right. relatives are in Kentucky and Virginia. <laughs> well, here's the answer. Uh, okay. And I only charge $138.50 an hour. All right. Okay. So here, here's the diagnosis. You've had an attack, a chronic attack of logic, <laughs> and you need to stop thinking like that. <laughs> well, they got they got a pill I can take, Harvey. Yeah, that's one of your yeah, benefits. That's one of your benefits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You they got to have one of them Rockefeller Rothschild pills I can take. Well, the, this one we 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 have in the form of an injection. That's right, Sean. Oh, okay. You can get is it for free, and that shows it that you a, don't. Is, is it called a COVID injection? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know they're How starting to know? charge for it now in Europe. You know what they're charging for it? Three hundred bucks. Oh, no more free okay. anymore. Now you got to pay. <laughs> for an experimental you know i was telling i was telling this gal yesterday afternoon i said don't worry about this i'm going to help you and we're going to send them a letter in response and it's going to be like remember the uh, physician's warranty of vaccine safety that i oh, did yeah. 20 years ago right well it's going to be a variation of that i'm going to amplify that and we're going to require that they also provide her with two million dollars of term life insurance from a premium uh, company not some back alley company that will go bankrupt and that would be uh they would have to pay for that for a period of at least five years um and <clears throat> And then uh, they would also sign individual responsibility uh, for the vaccine. And she would require them to take her vaccine uh, before she will take their vaccine. And hers is also an experimental vaccine. And she can't reveal the ingredients, just as they can't reveal the ingredients of theirs. What caliber is it? <laughs> no, it it's spelled C L O R O X. It kills no. it kills uh, uh, the uh, SARS CoV two uh, like crazy. It's very good at killing those. Uh, those viruses and bacteria pardon me uh, yeah intravenously administered oh uh, certainly that, is. that would burn man would that burn not for too long no no it would not a day long. or two <laughs> and you you wouldn't feel it uh but uh yeah i mean that's what they're asking her to do is 